to the Benefits Corner podcast. Thanks for joining us. With each episode, we'll be speaking with business owners, thought leaders, and top performers. Our goal is to provide our audience with interesting, relevant information as it relates to employee benefits, Canadian healthcare, and running a business. Now, we should say up front that the views expressed by our guests are not necessarily those shared by the Benefits Corner nor its host. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. Today's show is brought to you by Aria Benefits, modern advisors backed by experience and technology. Now here's your host, Robin Bailey. everyone, welcome back to the Benefits Corner 2019. Can you believe it? I, I certainly can't. We launched this podcast back in April of last year and ended up doing 20 episodes. So thank you so much for all the feedback. Really appreciate it. I do read all of your notes and it does help how we shape the show. So want to get to it today. Starting the year off with two very, very special guests, two uh, professionals that I work with, but also two dear friends of mine. And uh, I've been looking to have them on uh, since last year. So it's a real coup for me to get them in, in studio today. So I'll do some introductions to you guys and then, we'll, and then we'll get started. So in the studio today, Gus and Igor, principals of K&P CPAs. Yes, that's right. You heard it here. We've got the accountants. And I remember an old mentor of mine said, whatever you do, Make sure you have accountants around you. Those are the guys with the the keys to the kingdom. So we'll talk about that as we get into the show, why everyone wants to talk to the accountants. So K&P, you're a boutique accounting firm located in Toronto, focusing on startups, entrepreneurs, and mid-sized businesses in a variety of industries, helping clients with taxes, bookkeeping, controllership, financial statements, getting finances for their business, and performing all sorts of other finance-related matters. You have a strict focus on highest and best use, leveraging technology. I want to talk about that to drive business results. So first, Gus, CPA, so Chartered Professional Accountant, degrees in both engineering and accounting. Your focus is on tax planning, compensation strategies, succession planning, and reorganization. Igor, also a CPA, licensed in internal audit, forensic investigations, and finance data modeling and specializing in public market transactions, stakeholder reporting, and all assurance needs. So two very smart guys sitting in front of me, and you are the guys that I lean on when I have uh, questions and clients have questions. So thanks for being here. Welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So So starting off the year, and, and you know, Part of the reason why we do the podcast is talk to business owners. Obviously, a lot of my clients are business owners, entrepreneurs that are running their own show. We're dealing with HR. We're dealing with CFO level type stuff. But one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys, because obviously I've been through it and we've chatted about it in the past, is why did you guys start up your own company? I mean, you both come from big or mid-sized firms, but to me, there's always something about someone that says a lot about them that, hey, why did you want to go out on your own? Yeah, listen, uh, great question, Ron. And, and again, happy happy to be here. So absolutely, thanks for having us. And, and we've uh, we've made some time, and we're really excited to chat with you guys. Uh, now, in terms of why we started, I think for us one of the big one of the bigger things coming out of the big size firms, and we were like part of a national firm, we were part of a mid sized firm. But one of the things that kind of kept driving us in this business is, like you said, you, you need good accountants around you. Small business uh, owners appreciate accountants. The important thing we found is we we like the client engagement. 
just like you love dealing with your clients and we know from your clients that they're happy to interact face-to-face -face with you, get all the advice from you. That is the kind of interaction we were looking for. So one of the things we found that we were missing at that bigger global size tier was we weren't in front of the clients enough. We wanted right. to increase that engagement and try to get in front of them and find find more ways to assist them all at once. So the client engagement definitely was a big piece. And for me, I think one of the biggest benefits that we brought to the market was to say, okay, you have a tax problem, you have an accounting problem, you want to get financing, you want to do a variety of different things. You don't want to speak to six different professionals. Sure, if you, you're a very large company and you need that kind of service offering, that's what those firms are for. But if you run a mid-sized business or you're an entrepreneur, you need to be able to speak to one person and get all the advice that you need. So for us, that was the business proposition at the very start. It's you speak to either myself or you speak to Gus and we're, we're both proficient in the stuff that we do and we can bridge all of those things together. Whether you have a tax problem that overlaps a variety of different service offerings, we can help you with it. It sounds very similar to the way our practice is set up. Even though we, we each have our areas that we specialize in, we're each quarterbacks and we can have conversations with clients knowing that maybe that's not my area of expertise and I'm going to lean on Joe or I'm going to lean on Al. Just looking at you know both of your resumes here, it looks like you bring both different strengths to the client. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So... An issue for us was as stagnation and what we were learning through throughout the course of being in a larger firm. So we found ourselves moving from client to client and we'd get into a really sort of monotonous routine in, in, in sort of what our deliverables were. So, you know, it would be um, managing the team, managing the engagement timelines, executing on deliverables, reviewing financial statements. It, it was a very sort of routine and it was tough to break out of for us. And, mm -hmm. and we didn't really see a benefit from the client side. When, when you're dealing with large companies that big, each company has its own finance department. They all have designated professionals there. Yeah, of course. Um, so the value you're driving isn't isn't as much as it is to small business owners because you know they they have a sophisticated team on side. You're just there to check a box for them and complete the work as an external provider, which is what is required. And then the service offerings to add value are very limited. Whereas moving into smaller spaces, we have clients asking us questions that may not even relate to accounting necessarily, but they, they trust us because they trust us with the numbers. They trust us with the business decisions as well. That's when you know you're doing a good job and you've earned the client's respect and loyalty because I find people are coming to us. And again, exactly what you said. It's probably something we don't do, but they trust that we know someone and we have, we have you know, collateral professionals that we can refer them to. And a lot of the times they might think, oh, do you do this or don't you? But they, you know, a lot of times it's, I know you know someone, so just put me in touch with the right people. You know, people like yourselves, for example. So it leads me to my next question because I, I think this is an interesting one and it was one that I was nervous about when I first left corporate world, like like yourself, is that transition, and maybe and maybe some of those clients that want to follow you and want to deal with you. What's the response like from your clients to say, "Hey, guys, I'm not in the corporate world anymore. Now we're running this boutique firm." What's that response been like? I think one example uh, that I'd like to bring up. So there was there was one client that approached us after we had left. And it's not someone that we, we courted, just uh, a relationship that, that continued over. One of the interesting 
pieces of feedback we got is, you know what, you guys seem to be so much more available to us now. I mean, listen, when we started, we were more available because we had more time available. Of course, but but yeah. just in, in terms of client engagement, where like, it, again, it was many professionals all dealing with it, but, but now we were there and we were engaged. It goes back to that whole thing of client engagement. What are we doing it for? All of a sudden, now we felt a personal connection with the client and a personal ownership of that book of business. Mm -hmm. So we went there and we said, let us help you with this. You want to start this next week? We'll start it next week. You want to do this transaction? We'll help you with this transaction. So we started doing this. And unbeknownst to us, that was the start of our business model because we were able to continue this. And we found that this particular client loved it in terms of that kind of attention, that kind of uh, just focus on their part of the business. The next client that we were in front of, we did the same thing. We said, we'll be available for you. You have a hotline to us. You have basically access to all of the accounting, finance, peripheral advice that you require. Just pick up the phone. Well, you know, guys, Igor just brought up a good point and, and something that I'm very focused on at, at our firm, and that's client engagement. And, you know, when I knew you guys were coming in and I wanted to talk to you, one of the things that popped out of my mind was, listen, much like my industry, there's fierce competition. I mean, there's tons of accountants out there. So what is it in terms of client engagement? And you've touched on a few points already, but what is it that you guys are really bringing to the table to give them that wow experience? I think it's uh, it, it's two-pronged for us. So when we're looking at uh, any sort of engagements where there's any sort of assurance involved. So say we're doing an audit of the financial statements. The idea is to leverage technology and efficiency and process to get in, do the job properly, do it accurately, and do it efficiently. From a tax planning side and from a financial planning side, we want to lean on integration between both myself and Igor in terms of leveraging our expertise to, to best suit the needs of the client. So we highly rely on, on technology and process to drive, drive efficiency for, for all of our engagements. Yeah, and I think you know, when, there's, when there's process, not only for you guys, you know where you're going in, in, with, with a client from A to Z, also your staff knows that. One thing that surprised me is when a client knows that process as well and, and, and has that expectation, it just makes everything go so much smoother. So kudos to you guys for doing that. Now you guys started out with a blank book, like there was no client. So I got to talk yes, to you. Yes, we did. <laughs> I got to, I got to talk to you about that because that is such a scary thing for a lot of people to be thinking about. So going from that blank book to where you guys are now, um, what's that experience been like? It was touch and go for a little while. We keep joking about this. I think it depends a lot on the vision. So when we came out, what I found also a lot of our entrepreneurs are saying to us when they started the businesses, we, we didn't really pay a lot of attention to it. It was just something that we knew we had to do. We knew that the path that we were on was not the one that would make us the happiest and accomplish the objectives we talked about earlier about client engagement and everything else. And we knew where we needed to be down the road, and we weren't sure what was going to happen in that midterm. So we ended up just starting with it and saying, okay, what can we do? Like, let's call up this person, let's have a discussion, let's figure out what kind of needs there are, and continue. So I think we met with you early on in the start of our Yeah, our that's firm. right. I remember that conversation. And exactly. Yeah. And then we basically went from there. Yeah. And I think the scariest part for me 
was actually when it started to pick up. When it's quiet and you're sitting there trying to look for client contacts and figuring out what the next steps are, it, it's almost soothing. But when someone gives you a call back and says, great, I need this tax return. I'm about to buy this business. I need you to assist us with restructuring this. I, I need an audit. And all of a sudden, you, you've <laughs> sold so much of this business that you've been on the road talking to people. Well, now they want the work. Now we, now you have to hire someone. Yeah. Gus and I can't do everything. Gus, did you sleep during November of 2017? No, not at all. Yeah, then thanks for that. No. So, <laughs> so that's, 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 I think, for yeah. me, was the most yeah. surprising. Movie. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, similar, similar to Igor, I found the, the most challenging thing was definitely day one for us. Like, just, just taking the leap, taking the plunge from that, you know, consistent nine to five, the consistent paycheck kind of jumping in and saying, okay, you know what, we're going to make the sacrifice now for hopefully a future that will be more beneficial to us and more rewarding uh, to both ourselves and our clients. Right. So there's always sort of hesitation with the unknown. And I think like Igor said, as we continued on and, you know, month one was difficult, try to pick things up. Like Igor said, month two starts snowballing a little bit, but what we found was we knew we were on to something. So what the clients were telling us in terms of feedback and what we were seeing in actual operating results was very positive. And it just kind of snowballed from there. So we've been, we've been very fortunate and blessed, but at the same time, we've been working our butts off every day to make sure that, you know, things kind of move forward for both us and for our clients. And our businesses are not that different, Robin, because one of the things we found resonate with clients the most, and of course, as, as you start pitching, as you start growing that book of business, you have conversations with clients and you ask them, what is it that you want out of this type of relationship? What is it that you're looking for? And more and more times, clients would come back and say, well, I just want to be able to focus on my business, right? Absolutely. And not worry about the account, right? Not worry about the uncertainty as, as it comes to, for example, to your book of business, right? Like, what is the uncertainty? How do I take care of what I have? What do I do for the estate planning and, and just succession and yeah. everything else? They don't want to worry about that uncertainty. And in our case, they don't want to worry about the uncertainty of when it comes to taxing, when it comes to accounting, when it comes to everything else. So it's just, we, we went into the market with a proposition of highest and best use. Everybody, like especially for the shareholders that we work with and the stakeholders, highest and best use. That's yeah. what they should be focused on. The rest of the work, we can do it. Because our highest and best use is the tax planning, the accounting, the assurance, the yeah. IPO work, everything to do with that. So we found that resonated and that became sort of our mantra, if you will. Yeah, and just speaking with my clients, it, it seems like when you're working, because it doesn't always work, but when, when a client is working with a good accountant or a good accounting firm, that level of trust is so high and, and they speak so highly of that person because you are, I mean, you're handing over the keys. To your company, I mean, you know, your 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 financial statements and and all that kind of good stuff. So, to me, that's one of the most important relationships out there. So, again, I'm thrilled to have you guys here. So, sure. leading into my next question, a couple of things for me. This is exciting because I've got two CPAs, uh, smart guys. We're going to pick your brains today. For me, for my clients, and, and I'm going to I'm going to ask this really selfishly. What's new and exciting out there in, in your world? What's the good stuff to be talking about? Yeah. So listen, in, in terms of from our perspective, there's a lot of changes in current events and the dynamics are shifting in, in the business market for all industries, right? So 
I think it would be great to kind of talk about that a little bit. That's what we love to talk about is yeah, current heard events and kind of stem off that and we can, you know, branch into how it relates to sort of accounting and technology. Yeah, yeah basically anything at all. So one of the things Gus and I have been discussing for, for a while now, so, so, so Robert, question, how much of your shopping for the holidays and I guess for before the holidays, shortly after the holidays, did you do online? A lot, actually. A lot. A lot, yeah. How did that compare to previous years, would you say? I would significantly more? You signi- I would say, for me, personally, significantly more. I think yeah. I only left the house to visit Shopper's Drug Mart for the gift around. And what's funny about that question, if you had asked me that two years ago, I would have said, there's no way I'll be shopping online. Yeah. Right? And it's that quick that it's changed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of funny now when I get my, my visa statement or, or something for PayPal, and every month it seems, oh my, look at all the stuff I ordered because it's so easy and it's so quick. Technology has really changed that experience, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and you're not alone. Like the general trend in, in what we're seeing in the marketplace is that of e-commerce, right? There's more businesses that are starting up leveraging on online sales, leveraging on technology and application of that. This trend is groundbreaking for all industries, right? So, uh, you yeah, know, it's, it's about, I think... Uh, so, one of the recent Reuters stats for this past holiday season, 51% of online shopping was done via mobile. Like mobile phones. Yeah. Like Is actually, that right? Yeah. And, and it's funny because even, even on my end, like I will sometimes pull up my phone, I just have to order a new mouse. And it was just Amazon on my phone and went through it, everything. And, and it's becoming increasingly convenient because no one wants to drive. I'm not sure if you've been around like the Toronto, North York, Yorkdale mall. Oh, yeah. It's impossible to get it into. Is, like yeah. in the holiday season, you're stuck in gridlock. Yeah. So things like that, convenience and, and once again, highest and best use. Right? And that's, that's what people want, right? You, you want to reduce the friction between the consumer and the actual product itself. Right. And the easiest way to do that is through, through your phone and yeah. mobile applications, any sort of friction there or any sort of hiccups in terms of you know the website or the ordering process makes it difficult yeah so we're yeah. seeing some challenges i especially so in terms of our clients and and how they go to us with the with the various questions just like shopping there's an increased volume of just electronic transactions i go through sometimes we find especially with the bigger clients that we have it's difficult to track software subscriptions everything to do with like the online shopping aspect. Sometimes they have like rent stuff for the office that they do in terms of capital stuff. For some of our digital media and advertising clients, they basically order everything online. And it's just the huge amount of transactions. And for us, the biggest risk that we find is one to do with credit card information. So credit card information is pretty much on a ton of different websites. And what are small businesses are doing in terms of, uh, I think the most risky part is they're handing out credentials to employees. They're handing out credentials to, let's say, vendors in some cases. And a lot of that just gets distributed very widely. And we've had a few instances where credit card information has been compromised. And we get called in at the last minute where the problem is this information got compromised, these logouts got compromised. And Gus was actually dealing with with an interesting issue uh, earlier um, or I guess late in 20, 2018, but but that for us is is the biggest risk. Yeah, and it, it can create a lot of financial exposure and damage, right? And uh, usually when it's a credit card transaction, there's less risk, but having access to that critical information 
can leave you exposed, right? So uh, teaching clients in terms of best practices, how to leverage that, because there's a reason why that information gets shared, right? It's, and it's usually for convenience or you trust someone. And well, I'm just, those. as you guys, I'm, I'm kind of thinking how in my head, you, you've got me, ner- you've got me nervous <laughs> now because I would routinely hand my credit card to my assistant, you know, ordering flowers for someone, you know, ordering a lunch. And, and now I'm thinking, okay, that's probably not the best idea and, and the highest and best use, and, right? <laughs> best practices. So maybe we need to talk about that after. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, so just jumping back a little bit, our, our strategy has always been to handle that information efficiently, right? So for us with the volume of transactions is one, let's make sure that nothing fraudulent or there's no mistakes or maybe there's a mix of personal or or multiple businesses into one credit card. Uh, So handling those and, and just automation of those transactions so that we can get information back to the users very quickly. So that can be a struggle, right? So if you're looking through pages and pages of transactions, um, it's hard to kind of bundle that and see it all on sort of one piece of paper or, or on one spreadsheet, right? So we like to, to boil it down to like its simplest form and, and highlight whatever the key operating metrics are for clients and put it on basically one, a one or two pager and say, here's, here's a breakdown of your business. Here's your operations. Uh, here's how it compared to last month. Here's how it compared to last year. What are your trends for your clients or your, your recent projects? Shoebox, Shoebox Accounting is dead. So yes. especially for for the listeners, there, there's a few pieces of advice that, that I think we, we need to give. But you have to be on top of the financial information. You have to communicate the transactions of your business. You have to communicate them to your accountants. You have to keep track of them. And you need to have a way that you've documented all of these transactions so you can figure out if something goes wrong. Because like you mentioned, the credit card passing off is a common practice. I don't think we can eliminate that. But one of the approaches to mitigate that risk is to make sure that you're aware of what goes through your credit card. Sure. So for our company, I had a call from from the bank the other day that that literally asked us, oh, did uh, did you make a purchase from the UK, specifically Babies R Us? (laughs) <laughs> to, which, to which I called Gus and I said, did you guys not tell me something? Uh, yeah, it's a background. You guys yeah, just I, got yeah, married. just got married. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, and he's like, no, absolutely not. I'm like, okay. So, but things like that, you have to stay on top of it, right? So make sure you're documenting transactions. And we use a lot of software tools for our clients, especially to be able to aggregate it all in the same place and analyze it. Analyze it, code it. And we don't, again, we don't think the owner should be spending time coding, this is a transportation expense, this is this. We're trying to take that time away from the owners and put it back into their day. So there are tools out there, especially, and we'll talk about this more later, but there are tools out there that allow you to automate. Like right now, the image recognition software is incredible. There's a lot of tools out there that will allow you to just put in whatever the receipt is. They'll tell you what the vendor is, when it happened, how much it is, how much taxes go into it. And I'll be honest with, with the listeners, it's not even something that we do. It's, it's something that is done through technology and allows us to spend more time on analyzing and seeing if those transactions are real. So it sounds like you guys are really focused on leveraging that technology wherever possible for your clients. So is there any other things that you're doing for you that 
potential prospects or clients should be you know hearing from you yeah absolutely i think you hear the buzzword now on television on the news everywhere it is is really the the leveraging of artificial intelligence yes that, in, our, in our last podcast <laughs> megan vallis had said the robots are coming or i said it and then she corrected me she said no the robots are here yeah right? absolutely <laughs> and and i mean it's who's to say like uh, our individual Selves like we all have cell phones, right? We're all connected to technology, right? It's it's how you're utilizing that technology. So for us, again, like like Igor said, the idea is to take away the grunt work of of accounting from from business owners and and really leverage the automation of those transactions. So like he said, in terms of like getting receipts digitally and converting that into digital information, that's basically the the function of accountants at this point is converting that hard information into digital information if it's not already digital information, right? right? So leveraging that technology and then creating coding to automate sort of where those transactions sit in your financial records. So a lot of this used to be, you know, back in the day, People would have ledger paper and you're doing this all manually and you'd be inputting it into the accounting software. And a lot of accounting firms still do that today. And we try to get away from that. If you're not investing the time in creating the processes, you can never look to leverage and and be efficient from a reporting standpoint. So it's investing the time up front in order to benefit from that for years to come. And you'd be surprised how much you can learn from just putting technology together. One of the new learnings for every client that we have is, I didn't know you could link these two systems together. Well, surprise, because right now, you're right, we're at the stage where robots are here, and clients are already using three, four, five, six, seven different suites of software for a variety of reasons. But linking a lot of this together, even from a financial perspective, I can tell for a number of our clients, how much time did their employees spend? What kind of stuff did they work on? Where did they spend most of their time over the course of the workday? So things, things like this could all be integrated into accounting. Like how, is, how does this affect revenue? We talk a lot about analytics and how to drive the business. Today, owners need to be even more up to date when it comes to their business finances. Before you could have an excuse, year it hasn't happened yet, my accountants haven't come in, I don't know what my numbers are. The banks aren't taking that excuse anymore. And if, you, if you're out in the market trying to sell your product and your customers ask you, what were your sales last year? If you don't have an answer for them, you're going to be at a disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah. It's all real time. because And now it's not so much that you can have real time data. Now it's the expectation. No one is going to wait three, four, five, six months for you to finalize your accounting figures, right? Yeah, and, and rightfully so for owners, they need to know where their positions are, right? A lot of times, maybe they want to make a big purchase or another investment. Maybe they want to give a bonus to their employees or take out a bonus themselves. They come back to the accountants to figure that out. Can I do this? Or where are my operations at? What, are, what is the most efficient use of my time when you're looking at the numbers? So like, if you're getting that information six months down the road, well, you could have had six months of time to improve or change or do a course correction. Yeah. And sometimes that can be critical. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I'm just thinking personally within our business, one of the things that's happening in my industry, in the employee benefits industry, is consolidation. 
our industry is a sea of gray hair. So there's huge opportunity with advisors retiring and selling their books of business. And you're right, Gus. I mean, I've got to know right now today, and I do, how I look to make these acquisitions because there's so many opportunities and I don't want to miss something saying, geez, I got to wait three months until I hear back from the, you know, my accountant. So knowing that and knowing that firsthand allows me to be really nimble in the marketplace, which is, which is really helpful. So I was hoping I could pick your brain. You, you know, you mentioned buzzwords out there and AI is certainly one of those. Another one, and I just read an article the other day about the gig economy. Who wants to grab that one? I'll, I guess I'll lead off and Gus has some interesting perspectives I know on this as well. So gig economy is, there's a huge shift, especially in the last little while in terms of hiring contractors, hiring temporary workers, and just basically foregoing the employment aspect altogether. And this is becoming more and more a leading market indicator because all of a sudden you don't have to be in the same place of work. Technology bridges the gap between physical location of the employee or contractor and the business, etc. So technology is making it a little bit more efficient. You can hire workers from overseas, you can hire workers from across the country, whatever it is. Now, there's a lot of challenges that we're seeing with the gig economy specifically when it comes to tax planning, when it comes to how to structure the contracts, how to track productivity. One of the benefits of having, let's say, a contractor or someone who works on a gig basis is that you can say, these are the distinct tasks that I want you to do. This is the amount of time that I would like you to spend doing it. Can you do it? They say yes or no. Then you sign the contract and then they, they do the work. And if you like the work, you do it some more. You don't have that same flexibility with an employee. They're going to sit there for seven and a half to eight hours a day. It's up to you to stay on top of them and make sure that they're doing productive things. Maybe the work allows you to do that. Maybe your business doesn't necessarily allow you to do that. So it, it, it's really a mix and match of, of, I guess, preferences. But more and more, we're seeing employers lean away from having full-time employees and almost taking the gig workers for, for a spin. But with it comes the challenges because... What happens if they don't deliver? How do you track that they're doing the work? How do you track that they're spending the time that you allocated to them? And all of this stuff. Technology really goes into effect in terms of having the tools to monitor their performance and everything and, and such. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it helps with accountability because you have specific tasks that you're giving to contractors. Some of the benefits even from an employee standpoint is is flexibility, both in the hours that you're working, the location that you're working, as well as there's some interesting sort of tax planning and accounting as well, because you're no longer bound by your employment income. You know, everything's not T4 and you get taxed on it on your hands. Like maybe you incorporate your business. Maybe some of that money stays in your corporation or you reinvest it. So there's some unique tax strategies that you can implement as a contractor as well. And then there's, of course, the the flexibility of choosing where you want to work, right? So uh, natural dynamics in business, you, you kind of gravitate towards certain types of people, personalities and things like that. Whereas if you're stuck in, in a work environment, you're kind of just pigeonholed. Yeah, yeah. On your end, do you see clients favoring, like, and this is very, something very curious for us. How would you say the trend of, of just, let's say, employee benefit plans or compensation packages that 
have you seen them applied to contract workers? Have you seen it reduced for full-time employees? Have you seen any sort of change in the sphere there? Yeah, it's interesting. The world, again, the world is changing pretty, pretty rapidly. And for the most part, we're not seeing any employers offering coverage to contract employees, right? And it used to be we didn't really see the contract employees. You know, the gig economy obviously didn't really exist. And now there's a bit of a shift, especially with when we're dealing with technology firms, toward more of that. So on the employee benefit side, full-time employees, once in a while you might see it being offered to part-time employees, not very often. What about uh, ex-directors of the business, perhaps, that have stepped on somewhat or retired out? Really, someone has to be working full-time right. for the firm to be mm-hmm. to be covered so that's that's what we see on our side so really interesting and I, and I think you guys are finding it too unless you're willing to adapt to the new world that we're that we're dealing with um, I think you're going to be left behind in your business as well as our business and it sounds like you guys are embracing technology embracing process all the same things that we're doing which is why I think we get along really well but if we're sitting here and someone is listening and whether it's a startup, a, you know, a new venture, someone who's been in the business for a few years, what would they be looking for in terms of you guys? If they say, well, if this, is this going to be a good fit with your firm? What's the ideal client? Who are the people that you can really help out? We'd like to identify, I guess, industry agnostics. So we have, like I mentioned, digital advertising. We have uh, healthcare providers somewhat. Uh, we have manufacturing. We have distribution. We have finance companies. So the industry isn't so much important. The important part is we work best with clients that are either starting up or have hit a growth phase or are ready for their next stage in business expansion, whether it's getting financing, whether it's restructuring their business to match the needs of the shareholders, whether it's some kind of other restructuring that that requires expertise in terms of the tax planning or requires assurance, audit, review, compilation. Yeah, and I think that that overall prudence of, of the individual or group of individuals to recognize that expertise is needed and change is needed as well, right? So there's a lot of people who are stuck in their process or like you said if you if you're kind of going through and you've run your business the same way for a number of years like are you willing to change at that point right so uh, we find the best type of individuals or clients that we deal with that we work the best with are the ones that are open to that change and even if it you know for them it might be a little scary or us sitting down with them one-on-one to show show them how to use the application or how to use the specific tool to help improve their processes but at least being open to that right yeah Yeah. and and absolutely the the best part would be someone who's excited to work with us where we can work together really well yeah okay guys so we've dug into a lot uh in this episode and and i just have a feeling because i've got tons of stuff i want to talk to you so i think we're gonna have to do another episode and maybe in another couple of weeks but just to save on time last piece of maybe free advice you can give out to my listeners yeah, first, um, I'd say if you're bogged down by the process, you're feeling confused and your current accountant isn't really giving you the right sort of advice or the right sort of needs, it's it's very easy to kind of stick with the person you've been with for a long period of time because one, you feel comfortable. And as you said before, that sort of vulnerability of giving the keys to, to all your financial records with that one person, it's easy to have so much trust in that person that maybe it's not not advantage to your situation. So I'd say just at least recognize 
that, you know, it can be improved. And if you're, you're asking questions that you feel like should be answered and you're not getting them to, you know, maybe explore different options there. Igor, same questions. Is it the same answer? It'll be the same answer. Just, uh, the, That's why two, you two make good partners. Yeah, no, no <laughs> indeed. Exactly. It doesn't have to be this way. Make sure, like, tools are out there. Accountants are out there. We're, we all have different experience and we all have a different level of excitement. Gus and I, we absolutely love what we do. Like, we spend a lot of time doing it. And get someone that's excited about your business. There's nothing better for me personally than to get calls from clients non-accounting related. Yeah. And be able to at the same time sit down with them and explain to them, I'm excited about the growth. We had a company that went from, I would say, $3,000 a month to $1 million per year in less than a year. And just that kind of growth is exciting. I get excited when I speak to them and they love the fact that we're so excited about their account. But get someone excited about you. Well, just like a relationship. And, and, I, and I would agree with that because I'm going back and I'm remembering when we all got together and you guys were telling me about the firm and it brought back memories of, you know, God, how many years ago now of us starting our firm. So I think you're right. Whether you're dealing with accountants, whether you're dealing with whatever kind of person that you're dealing with, and, and cl- even clients, especially you want people that are passionate about their business, that are excited about life in general. And I've purposely in friendships, I've kind of walked away from relationships where, where the person was bringing you down because as we all know, life is short. Let's enjoy the ride along the way. And it's certainly a lot more fun. I know I love working with you guys. I love hanging out with you. you. We're going to hang out after this podcast. So we're going to wrap it up there guys. Thanks so much for coming in. We're going to do another one for sure. Cause I have a lot more questions. And I'm sure we're going to get a lot of feedback on them, some additional questions for you. How do people reach out to you if they want to get in touch? Our website is kpcpa.ca. You can email us either gus at kpcpa.ca or Igor, same address. Absolutely easiest way. We're always around. And uh, visit our website. Don't hesitate to give us a call. Happy to hear from you. Very cool. Well, let's wrap it up there. That does it for today for the show. Thank you, as always, for showing us love and tuning into the podcast. As you know, all of our podcasts end up on the website, ariabenefits.ca, or on any podcatcher, of course. However you listen to them, keep listening to them. Always uh, continue that feedback. Love to hear it. If you need to reach me, rbailey at ariabenefits.ca, or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. We'll see you next time on The Benefits Corner. Benefits Corner.